We've got big takeaways from the Rams 23 to 14 week five loss to the Eagles. Do we now know who this Rams team really is? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Ramley, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Rams, your daily podcast covering your four-time champion Los Angeles Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're also available over on YouTube, so if you haven't yet, join the party on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit that notification bell, hit that like button, and let us know what are your big takeaways from the Rams week 5, 23-14 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles. Let us know down below. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. I've been covering LA sports for over a decade for SI, Dodgers Nation, 24-7 sports. Now the Rams four locked on. And as always, I'm joined by the Rams pre-half and post-game show host for the Rams flagship radio station, ESPN 710 LA. He's in his eighth season covering the team. He's known as the People's Champ. You can follow him on X at Travis Rogers. And on today's show, we've got our big takeaways from the Rams' loss to the Eagles, everything you need to know about the game and what the team needs to do moving forward to get back on track. But first, this episode of Lockdown Rams is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Lockdown NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price. Guarantee. Now, Travis, let's dive right into this one. The Rams, they lose to the Eagles 23 to 14. And look, to me, the big takeaway from this game, just off the jump, we'll get into some of the nitty gritty here. But look, this team really is who they are. I think this team is a team that can compete and beat some of the average to above average teams in this league, but they're not in the class of the elites with the 49ers and the Eagles. The Eagles offense really just had their way with this Rams defense. The second half offense for the Rams was awful. Once again, they weren't able to get it done and make some noise in Cooper cup did return. We're going to get into that, but for the most part, this win really doesn't come as a huge surprise or this loss. No, I should say. No, it doesn't. D-Mac, I agree. Forgive me for being a little uh, salty today. I know that you're feeling the same way. I that the uh, Dodger series going the way that it is, is difficult, shall we say, but uh, let's, let's focus on a team that at least has won a couple of games uh, so far this <laughs> season. Um, I agree with you. I, I think that, you know, this was the same game that they played against San Francisco in week two. It was it was virtually the identical run of what we saw, which is they hung with one of the best teams in the league for about 28 and a half minutes in the first half, scored thinking that you're going to have all sorts of momentum going into halftime, and then gave it all back right before they go into the locker room and then posted nothing in the second half. It, it, was, it was an exact rerun of what we saw. So... Do you feel good about hanging with one of the best teams in the league? I guess, but you lost again, and you lost in virtually the same way. Um, I, I think you, I think you're onto something, and I think that there are tiers in the NFC. I think you have San Francisco and Philadelphia on tier one. I think that you have maybe Detroit on tier two, and then there's tier three, and that's Seattle, that's the Rams, that's New Orleans, that's Tampa, that's some of these other teams. Uh, you know, may, maybe Washington that are okay. 
They're not terrible. They're not very good. And those are the teams that I think you got to keep your eyes on as a Rams fan. Those are the teams that you're going to be competing with for that postseason spot. This is a team that's going to win somewhere between seven and 10 games. And it's probably not seven and it's probably not 10. This is an eight or a nine win team. They're going to be right there. Nine probably gets you in. Eight probably doesn't. But all in all, I, I was I was I was fairly discouraged by what I saw on Sunday. They are, are they a bad team? They're not. They're much better than I thought they would be this season. But I, they're they're clearly not good enough to beat. They can hang, sure, but beat one of these good teams? Not right now. Yeah, I will say it does feel like we have moved the goalpost a little bit with this yeah. Rams team because when I predicted they'd win nine games this season, that was seen as overly optimistic yeah. by some, right? And I think when you look at this team, we'll kind of do an assessment of how they've looked through five games. They have hit on rookies. You have found Puka Nakua, Byron Young, Kobe Turner, sure. Steve Avila, right? You have played better than most expected, but it's so frustrating because if you watch these games and you see how they transpire, there's a world where they could be above 500. Like you said, they have competed for a half with two of the best teams in the NFL. And I think the big key here, and we're going to dive into this one first, as you mentioned, that back-breaking end of the half. I mean, it was a mirror image against of that 49ers game where Darion Kendrick had the egregious penalty to Debo Samuel. They score before the half after the Rams had just scored. They take the momentum. The Rams, yep. they never get it back. And they never score again. And yep. look, the reality is what we're seeing right now is the Rams are a bad second-half team. They're a bad second-half team, and that's something that they need to change immediately. Through five weeks, the Rams and Cowboys both have a pass rate of 60.7 in the second half. That's tied for the worst in the NFL. Stafford's completed just 54.5% of the second-half throws, averaging six yards. And you look at the Eagles, last 30 Minutes of the game, 30-30. The Eagles outscore the Rams 13 to nothing. The Rams' second half possessions, Travis, punt, 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 turnover on downs, end of game. So if yeah. they're not going to be able to make adjustments at halftime and find a way to manufacture some offense, they're going to lose games no matter how good they look in the first or second quarter. Yeah, I, I see it a little bit differently, DMAC, because I, I think that the Rams, what the Rams are really good at is game planning. What the Rams are good at is being able to put that other team on their heels a little bit through the first half of, of a game. We saw it in San Francisco. We saw it in Philadelphia. Where the Rams are struggling is in that second half, and not that they're not making adjustments, but the other guy gets to adjust too. The other guy's got better players when, when we've seen them, you know, Philadelphia and San Francisco. And that talent disparity and the margins for victory are much more narrow for this Rams team than they are for their opposition, and they are for what we've seen from the Rams in previous years. You can't miss tackles in the open field. You can't take bad penalties. You can't do what this team has done in the second half because you don't have the firepower. You don't have uh, uh, an offense filled with guys that are going to light up the scoreboard. You don't have a defense that's going to be able to take the ball away and give you additional possessions along the way. The margins are small. The other team knows that, and they just need to continue to do what they do. They make their their adjustments, and the Rams just don't have that counter move back the other way. Um, they're good enough to beat the other mediocre to bad teams, which might be good enough to get you into the playoffs. I, I'm not down on it altogether. I think this is about where we thought they might be through five weeks and two and three. They got another big test coming up uh, against Arizona on Sunday. B three and three. Pittsburgh is a classic. You know, let's see what you got. You lose to them, we're probably looking at a seven or eight win team. You beat that team, it's an eight or a nine win team. That this is the mart. I don't think the Rams are ever going to be three games below five hundred. I don't think they're ever going to be three games above five hundred. I think this is about where they are because they're in the middle of the pack talent wise. 
That's fair, and I agree with all of that what you just said. But look, the reality is Stafford a sixty point seven pass yeah. rating is thirty fourth in the NFL in the second half. And you look at this team against that Eagles team; they didn't perform well in the second half. And I think the narrative out there might be, "Oh, you held them to six points in the second half. That was great." But if you're not scoring points and getting into the end zone, at least getting field goals and find a way to be somewhat consistent and just not complete. They just completely stalled out offensively and they didn't have a really a chance to win. If you look at the last four games, they've scored just nine points yeah. and not a touchdown in the second half. I mean, it's bad. If there's a world where if the Rams were just a little better in the second half, they'd be a better team record-wise. So I think that's disappointing. You mentioned the tackling. That's something I really wanted Awful. to touch on because, look, two things really stood out to me in the game. One, Hurts' ability to extend plays just absolutely yep. killed the Rams. They really? had pressure on him multiple times, but he was able to get outside, make plays with his arm. But more often, it was with his legs, and yep. he was punishing them on the ground. McVay and Morris, I think they really need to get in the minds of those defenders and tell them to wrap up, make those tackles, because it's not just making that hit, that initial hit, it's getting them to the ground. That's been an issue all season long. This Rams team is not a good tackling team. No, they haven't been. There was that, there, I think it was Kobe Durant that missed a tackle on Hurts in the open field, and the Rams still had a chance to get him down short of that first down marker on third down, and Byron Young hits him, but doesn't wrap up. And look, Jalen Hurts says, I don't know, he's like 6'2", 235 pounds. You're going to have to drag that dude to the ground. You're not going to knock him over. He, he's just too big and too strong and too good at what he does. And there it, it, again, I, I come back to those margins, right? There the, are margins of error when you have an elite defense that can take the ball away at any time. Sure, you can maybe you know let some of these fundamental things slide a little bit, but they clearly don't have that. They only have two takeaways through five games of the season, two takeaways from the same guy, right? That other than Akilah Witherspoon, no one else has been able to take that ball away on defense. So if you're not taking it away, you better get off the field in a traditional way. And the traditional way is to tackle guys short of the line. That's something that they haven't done. We saw two terrible penalties towards the end of the first half. You saw a horse collar tackle. You saw a PI in the in the end zone. And once you give Philadelphia a, a, a one yard to go situation, that's as good as in the bank. You're not stopping that bush the uh, the brotherly shove. You're not. You, you, it's unstoppable. I think they've run it 41 times now. They've been successful 38 of the 41 times that they run it. It's an automatic yard, yard and a half. You're not stopping it. And and the Rams' defense just executed incredibly poorly towards the end of the first half and, and, and a couple of times in the second half. It's, it's disappointing because if they play a near-perfect game, they've got a chance to win it. That's really hard to do in the NFL. If you make some, some fundamental mistakes like missing tackles and taking bad penalties, especially against a team like Philadelphia, you're going to lose. Absolutely. And look, if there was 0.00 seconds on the clock, they were still going to run the brotherly shove. They still they were, were going to get in the end zone. So, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's why that penalty was so backbreaking. We're going to talk about that more here in the second segment when we continue this episode here of Locked on Rams. All right, DMAC, let's talk about game time, right? Game time is the place that you go when you need last-minute tickets. You, If you've been following me on Instagram at all this week, you know that I've been all over the place. I've been Dodger games. I've been Ram games. You're thinking, you know, that looks like a lot of fun. 
I don't have any tickets. You don't need to worry about last-minute tickets for your next big event. That's where Game Time comes in. The Game Time app is your last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Concerts, comedy, whatever it is you want. Sporting events, of course. Views from all the seats inside the venue. And, of course, the lowest price guarantee. Event cancellation protection. Why would you go do anything else? Has deals on tickets on that Game Time app right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, that's a great place to go find a great deal, right? It's the place to find last-minute seats. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNFL, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L for $20 off. And we're off and running here on Locked On Rams. Thank you for making Locked On Rams your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Travis, just want to say that we had some Locked On Rams fans yesterday at Dodger Stadium. So they love the show. They love the people's awesome. champ. So, yeah, we appreciate you guys rocking with us. And if you haven't yet, hey, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. Hit that like button. And join that Everydayers Club, too. Membership is 100% free, and you won't miss a thing about your Los Angeles Rams. Travis? I got I got some. So we do the pregame show for the home games at SoFi Stadium on the south end of the stadium, kind of out by the uh, the lake on the lake side of SoFi, just inside the gates. Had a handful of guys come up, talk about the podcast. So if you are an everydayer and you watch the podcast, please come by. Be out there for uh, every single home game. So please make it happen. We saw some people last week and definitely appreciate it. Love those everydayers, Travis. Now here, jumping into our second segment. One thing I want to really touch on is abandoning the run once again. I mean, they run 14 times. The total possession was 38 to 22. Rams, I think, really learned a lesson against the Colts. You saw more rushing. I think in this game, Kyron Williams, he had some signs of life. He ends up going 13 carries for 53 yards, had 11-yard long. Ronnie Rivers had one rush attempt. It does feel like this team, if you're going to beat teams like the Eagles, you need a more balanced attack. Wanted to see a little more on the ground from this Rams team in Week 5. I want to get a little more out of our starting pitching. Really, we had a grand total of two innings from Bobby Miller and Clayton Kershaw. That's what we're going to get. But we'll, anyway, I, it's, for, it's for another podcast. I'll deal with that <laughs> at another time. Uh, look, I get it. This is... I would like to see the Rams run the ball more. I would like to see them have a, a more consistent commitment to, to the ground game. You know what this reminds me of, D-Mac? This reminds me of when you have the perfect girlfriend or wife and you love everything about them and 98% of it is terrific, but there's just those little things that kind of bother you. Maybe their their lips move while they read. Maybe their nose whistles while they sleep. And it's one of those things like, is it perfect? No, but everything else is great. And this is what it is with Sean McVay. He doesn't run the ball enough, and that's just going to be the way that it is because this is the seventh year with Sean McVay, and the 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 refrain of why doesn't he run? It's it's accurate. It's fair. I I would like to see it more too. He's not going to do it. I mean, if he if he if he was going to do it, he would be doing it by now. And it just feels like this is I'm going to do it like this. This is the way. And every once in a while, he'll come back to what we saw in Indianapolis and, and it's like, okay, we for the light bulb has gone on and then you go right back to where we were. Now, I do think it's fair to say when you're behind, 
you got to throw the ball more than you run it. I, I, I think that's a fair way to look at this. Uh, I would love to see what they do if they did have a lead that could play from ahead. Uh, we saw it in Indianapolis a week ago. They, they were much more committed to the run game. Uh, maybe that has something to do with it. But I, I, I'm, I feel your frustration. I agree with what you're saying. I just don't know if it's going to change anytime soon. Yeah, I do want to say, Travis, for my wife, my 2% thing is my laugh. So I just want to throw that out there, okay? So, yeah, I mean, if you look at this team, and yeah, you definitely want a more balanced attack. And I think that when you consider this offense and the makeup of this offense, that it's going to help Matthew Stafford. That's what I'm looking at. How do you optimize Matthew Stafford? And he's someone that has had his moments in this game. He's going 21 for 37, 222 yards, two touchdowns. We're going to talk about the return of Cooper Cup in a minute here, but I think you really didn't see those deep vertical plays. I think that's where missing Tyler Higby want to get him more involved. But I think as a whole, this offense just didn't perform as well as we had hoped against that secondary that really was struggling with injuries. So you want to see a little more out of them. I do want to touch specifically on that Darion Kendrick play towards the end of the game because it wasn't just that play. It was not just that play. It was a tough day at the office for Darion Kendrick. He had no answer for A.J. Brown. He looked overmatched. I think that's one of the big reasons why the Eagles won this one. And the backbreaker, it was that 36-yard catch over the middle, but it gets worse. It's the egregious horse collar tackle that added 15 yards, set the Eagles at the Rams' 14-yard line with seven seconds left to play. And the very next play... Kendrick was called for a P.I. in the end zone, giving the birds the ball at the one-yard line with two seconds left on the clock. Eagles, of course, score on the very next play with that brotherly shove. I want to see Darion Kendrick be a little less aggressive, okay? If you want to be a fighter, join the UFC, right? That's not what the NFL is about, and you can't afford those plays when the margin for error for this Rams defense is that small. This is what happens when Jalen Ramsey is not here. This is what happens when you're relying on a secondary that with the exception of uh, Akilah Witherspoon, and maybe you can throw Jordan Fuller in there. He's been around the block a few times by this point. And it's, they're young, D-Mag, and, and they're learning on the job. And they're being asked to do a lot and deal with guys like Devonta Smith, they deal with guys like A.J. Brown. These this, this is one of the best duos in the league. And you're asking guys that have not played a ton of NFL football or are just beginning to play a lot of NFL football to cover two great wide receivers who is being thrown to by a great quarterback who is behind the best offensive line in football. It's a lot. It, it really is a lot. And I, I you're right. And, and when you see the mistakes that are being made, they're incredibly frustrating because I really do think if the Rams go into the, the half with, with that lead, even if it's 14 to 13, the Eagles kick a field goal there. There's all sorts of momentum. Who knows what it is coming out of the second half and how that looks. But that is, you know, along with San Francisco, one of the best teams in the league. It looked like it on that drive. It looked like it uh, in the second half. They only did give up six points in the second half. They The, the defense, if you would have said going into that game that they were only going to score, what was it, 23 points? Hey, you would have taken and run with that. That's an absolute victory for that Rams defense. There were some mistakes along the way, but I, I, I am optimistic that it's trending in the right direction. I am optimistic with guys like Darian Kendrick and and, and Kobe Durant and some of these other guys. And Witherspoon has been great, but this is that was one of the best teams in the league playing like it, and they took advantage of an inexperienced player. Absolutely. I do want to point out that big picture. I'm happy with where this team's at. I think they yeah. are ahead of schedule. I look at the rookies they've hit on. I consider this year a win. I'll be honest yeah. with you. Cause I'm looking at super bowls, big picture cap space coming up, all that good stuff. But the way that this loss and some of these losses, what makes it more frustrating is that as good as the team has been, they could still be a little better. I do want to sure. give Kendrick some credit for some nice open field tackles, but at the end of the day, 
costly penalties before had to give 61 yards on four catches, five targets at a 55.2 PFF grade. You mentioned Kobe Durant, Kobe Durant, he missed two key tackles on third down that allowed them to pick up those first downs. He struggled once again and really hasn't been a great season so far for him. He ends up just missing those two tackles. I mean, those first downs, he also gave him two catches for 23 yards, had a 55 point, had actually a 52.8 PFF grade. But we also got to talk about AD because we're always seeing Aaron Donald's praises when he plays great. And they really made him a non-factor in this game. He had a quiet afternoon, had just one yep. pressure, no sacks, didn't miss any tackles, but had just four tackles overall in the game. It just wasn't as big of a factor as he needed to be as far as being disruptive to have that big impact for the Rams D. Uh, you're talking about uh, the best offensive line in football, and they looked like it. And, and they 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 really did a good job against him. They, and you could see Jason Kelsey, you know, on the sidelines during the game, very animated, talking about getting guys lined up correctly and having the discussions with his offensive line coach and his head coach Nick Sirianni. That they they were preoccupied, as all good teams would be, with dealing with number ninety nine. Now, the di here, here's the difference, D Mac. Aaron Donald, prior to so far this year even with the best offensive line in football, even with the attention that's being, he found a way to get it done anyway. Or his other teammates were able to take advantage of the fact that he was being doubled and tripled. The Rams haven't been able to do that. He hasn't been able to do that. He hasn't been able to beat that double team consistently the way that he has in previous seasons. Look, this is life in pro sports. There, there's a reason Lawrence Taylor doesn't play anymore. It happens to everybody, right? It starts to happen. You know, hopefully it happens slowly. It looks like it's happening slowly with, with Aaron Donald. There are still moments where he's an absolute game wrecker. But when going up against some of the other best guys, you can deal with him to a point. You, you, you know, you never leave him alone. You're never not worried about him. But you're starting to see teams like the 49ers, teams like the Philadelphia Eagles, be able to make him relatively quiet. And it's not up to him to fix it. It's up to the rest of the guys on the defense to fix it. Force the offense to deal with the other 10 guys on the field and let 99 go back to work. Because right now he can't do it the way that he has previously by himself. For sure. And I think that you're going to see that this season that it's going to depend on the development of the guys around him. And he can't do all the work, right? Can't be Aaron Donald doing all the work, the group project and the guys come <laughs> up and the dance do and write the name on expect to get an A, right? You need right. other guys to step up. But yeah, great point. Got to tip your cap to that Philadelphia Eagles it's offensive line. They are terrific. monsters up front. I think that's really a big learning lesson. And you guys know, every listeners will know, you know what a Super Bowl team looks like in the modern era. You yep. know what a win now team looks like in the modern era. It's, yeah, you have the stars, but it's the depth, man. It's the 20th, the 21st player. Those are really how you win and what puts you over the top in this league. The Eagles have that in spades. You got to give them credit. Also want to point out, too, that uh, Travis. Yeah, I just want to talk about that depth. We saw McClendon come in for one play for Rob Havenstein, and he nearly got Matthew Stafford killed. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not I'm, I mean, he came in for one play and Stafford took the hardest shot of the day. Like th this is what you're talking about, that these the, the depth that the Rams have been able to deal with so far with, you know, Joe Nopoom was down. You start to see some guys and all of a sudden McClendon comes in at right tackle. Oh, my goodness. Was that a problem? And had that gone on. Matthew Stafford's probably leaving horizontal because he took a wicked shot. Like you're talking about on that O-line of Philadelphia, that O-line Rams depth has been tested already. If any of those guys are down for an extended period of time, hold your breath. 
I'd venture to say they're probably like 25 to 30% better than last season. If we're being completely yeah. brutally honest, but yeah, I agree with you that when you see you go deep in the depth chart, then you really start to hold your breath and hope that Stafford does not get yeah. injured because there are some close calls, but coming up, yeah, the return of Cooper cup, Puka and Cooper on the same field at the same time. We'll get out of this one on a positive note. That's coming up next. You're on Locked on Rams. All right, D-Mac, let's talk about FanDuel, right? Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. So as you've, if you have been thinking about joining FanDuel, what are you waiting for? Because there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads. For instance, the Rams, they are a six-point favorite as of right now, getting ready to go into the, uh, the, the weekend against the Arizona Cardinals. Player props, right? How do you think Puka is going to do? How do you think Cooper Cup is going to do? Overs, unders, and of course, much, much more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Again, that's fanduel.com slash locked on, L O C K E D O N, Fanduel, official partner of the NFL. And welcome back to Locked On Rams. Thank you for being Locked On Rams, your first listen every single weekday, free and available wherever your podcast, Locked On Rams, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, Travis, here in our third segment, let's finish on a high note because I think yeah. that is that Cooper Cup was back and he did not miss a step. He goes five receptions for 56 yards on the first drive alone, had 75 yards and 14 plays for the touchdown there, and then eight catches for 118 yards. He was on the field for 52 of 55 snaps. They did not ease him back into it, and I think no. it was great to see that not only was he productive, but when it comes to the route running and his skill set, he did not miss a beat. And the toughness, right? Like he's still sticking his face in the middle of some of those plays the way that not a lot of NFL wide receivers are willing to do. So that was incredibly encouraging to see. Like you said, five catches on the opening drive. He's sitting in the press box talking with my uh, my broadcast partner, Kirk Morrison. We're like, my goodness, man, they, they did not waste long uh, before they started to lean on him. And then you saw what it can do, right? Tutu Atwell had single coverage in the corner of the end zone. Bang, they hit him for a touchdown right there because Cup is drawing a ton of attention. Puka's drawing a ton of attention. Fast forward to their drive towards the end of the first half. Cup's drawing attention. Puka gets one-on-one. -on -one. Stafford throws an absolute dime in there. They score. So while he didn't get into the end zone himself, he allowed two other wide receivers to do it along the way. So very encouraging there. I think that the only thing, and this isn't a criticism, just an observation that I think will take care of itself in a week or so is the couple of shots they did take down the field later where you saw a cup turn one way and then have to turn back the other way, looking for the ball, him and Matthew Stafford and that connection that maybe wasn't there this year because of training camp will come along much, much more quickly because they've been there before. And the other part was, I'm not so sure that cup didn't have a little bit of heavy legs late in the game. He just hasn't played football yet enough this year. Not that he's out of shape, but he's not in NFL game shape. That's a whole different animal than being on the bike or the Stairmaster or running sprints or whatever, that the punishment that comes along with it, because most of the misses, Stafford overthrew him by a little bit. And I don't think it was Matthew Stafford not making a good throw. I think it was maybe misjudging that little extra something that Cup has been able to give him, and that'll take care of itself. The more football he plays, that'll get better and better. Incredible return to action for Cooper Cup. Love seeing him and Puka together. 
It was. And I think that you could not be more encouraged by the fact that you have both those guys and they were productive on the field at the same time and doing different things. You saw some deeper out routes for Cooper Cup, some verts in certain situations, really stretching the field a little bit. And they still use Puka Nakua over the middle. I mean, I think the backbreaker, you had a really nice reception with Puka Nakua to start the second half that was just negated. And after they got that face mask penalty on Kyron Williams, it really set up a really nice drive. You could really get back in the mix. But unfortunately, they weren't able to put up any points. I think Nakua overall, he ended up going seven, had seven receptions for 71 yards. He had a couple of drops when they came on a third down over the middle at a key part of the game. But yeah, for the most part, it looks like this is going to be a dynamic duo. There's going to be a situation where you have the potential to have two of the most productive receivers on the same field at the same time with one of the best quarterbacks with the best arm. So That's that it. definitely is very enticing. I think against below average secondaries and average teams. They're going to exploit that matchup and they're going to eat all day long. It did feel like to me, Travis, that Cooper Cub was trying to send a little bit of a message in that first drive too, saying, look, I drive a Benz too, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm Cooper Cub. I mean, all yeah. the hype about Puka, love me some Puka, but it was like, hey, let's not forget. I'm Mr. Triple Crown, right? I'm Mr. <laughs> Super Bowl MVP right here. No, no question. Look, these guys all have pride. They all have, you know, hey, well, don't forget about me. That's what makes them them. I get that. I, I like what you said, DMAC, too. And I, I think this is something that, you know, every time that game starts, you got a chance. And here's and here's why. You got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He might not be the leading fantasy quarterback and, and, and whatnot, but that first half, again, they, they, I'll go back to baseball, which you and I like to talk about. He's throwing a no-hitter through the first half in a lot of these games, and he's thrown a shutout over the course of the game before. And now with Cup back, it allows him to show more of his stuff. It allows him to show off a little. I mean, he's throwing in some really tight windows, and he can make some throws that not a lot of guys can. And instead of having to be able to throw to one-and-a-half guys with Puka and, and a little bit of Tutu, now he's got like two-and-three-quarters guys. You got Cup, you got Puka, and it makes Atwell that much better that he's going to get singled up a lot along the way. And Matthew Stafford will find the right guy. I believe that. I have confidence in that. Give him a little bit of time. And now that he's got his weapons, he's going to be able to go to work. He is one of those guys. There's going to be some picks here and there because he's an aggressive player. But the quarterback is not the problem with this team. The quarterback has everything on his plate. And he's executing game after game after game. And I'm optimistic moving forward. They got to take care of business against Arizona. But with Stafford Cup and Puka, they got a really good chance. I am too. We're going to dive into that during an episode this week about their playoff chances and how they stack up sure. with some of those teams that are going to be on the bubble. And look, the reality too, when it comes to staff in this game is the defense, they did not help them as far as the Eagles converted 13 of their 18 third down attempts. Eagles had plays of 12, 15, 17, and 10 plays. They only had one drive that was less than seven plays. And on yeah. that drive, they ended up scoring a touchdown. So time of possession was not in their favor. And I think if you still give Stafford time to cook with all of this, with these weapons, I, I have a lot of confidence that this offense is going to light up scoreboards for the rest of the season and make that playoff push. It was just, they were going up against a tough team. Right? I don't think that, yeah. you know, a... I don't think teams are complaining that much about losing to Michigan in college football right now or things right. like that. I mean, let's not forget. We could look at the end of the year. This could be a Eagles team that loses two or three games and wins the Super Bowl. That's how good that running yeah. game is. They feel like they're better than last year. Our friend Gino told us that they're better than last they're year. Good. So somebody to consider, give some credit to that birds team, but uh, sure. that's going to do it for this episode of locked on Rams. My name is Doug McCain. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. And as always, you can follow the people's champ, Mr. Travis Rogers on X at Travis Rogers. And until next time, whose house is locked on Rams house.